Yeah. I uh, love that new song. Isn't it fun? Yeah, it really is. I'm going to thank uh, Robert Reynolds and Bonita Cossack. Oh, no, she didn't write this one. This was Robert Reynolds and Ernie Halter. Uh-huh. And Ernie Halter performed it. Great. Good to have the male influence there. Get a shout out to the Green Dudes on the Divas show. Yeah. yeah how about I know, that? right? Yeah. Anyway. Welcome, everybody, to the Green Divas Radio Show. You're on with Green Diva Meg. And Green Dude Paul. And I want to say a thank you, a um, very well-deserved thank you to our sponsors, BuyGreen.com. I'm going to go out and meet Doug for the first time in person. We've been working together for a long time, and I've never met him, so it's kind of fun. I'm flying off to California. And boy, will your arms be tired. Won't they? Yeah. So anyway, uh, BuyGreen.com for... All of your sustainable shopping, yeah, great home, office, whatever. Good but stuff. he vets everything very carefully and mm-hmm. rates it very clearly so it's you important. know. Yeah, I, I like that. Does all the thinking for you. Right? You know, so I can feel like I, I, I trust that what I'm getting there is what I'm, you know. You don't find out later like, oh, yeah, that was I've loaded with. I've been greenwashed. Yeah. <laughs> I've been greenwashed. No greenwashing there, man. And then we've got Smarty Marty's Rent-A-Rack. Which, you know, Smarty Marty has rent all over northern New Jersey, based in Dover, New Jersey, Dover rent But he also has um, truck rentals. And I want to tell you, I drove one of Smarty Marty's cars oh, last week. And, and I was really impressed. It was actually a, an adorable little Kia, and it looked like brand new. But I knew it wasn't because, you know, when you rent a car and they walk you around to make sure there, if, if there right, are any dings right, or right. anything that, you know— Everybody's aware so that you don't come back and get blamed for something. There was a couple little tiny dings that I wouldn't have ever noticed. Hmm. But the car was, you know, sparkling nice. clean and a, and really fun. It's a great great business. And great it was a, and it was a good experience. Yeah, there you go. So I'm telling back you. All in one piece. Yeah, don't let the name fool you. And his new motto, which I love, is uh rent a recycled car. Wow. Right? Yes. We've got to love green that. How diva is that? That's perfect. So anyway, uh check out Smarty Marty's Rent-A-Rack. You can go to thegreendivas.com and you'll see a banner ad right in the right side. Click on that. And if you're not in northern New Jersey, there are Rent-A-Racks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. There. Thank you, guys. And We have a great show today. We do. We have yeah. a lot of activity. We're yeah. talking to Kyle. Oh, my gosh. I can't, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name suddenly. I'm like, blank. Maybe he'll tell us. Oh, Kyle is a surfing dude, a young guy who's been traveling around the world. I think he's a professional athlete, a professional surfer. And, you know, he, he's been inspired by the places that he's gone and some of the issues that have, you know, especially I think on in on the, the ocean. Beaches and oceans, yeah, it's got to right? be critical. There's um, a lot of things. So he, he's been doing these films, these videos that are incredibly um, educational and fun and well done. And, and far out. And far out, dude. <laughs> dude. Anyway, he's a great, great guy. And um, I'm just never embarrassed. never too many green dudes. I am totally embarrassed that I blanked out on his last name. I thought I had my act together. Um, Kyle Tierman. There you go. Tierman. If I can read my handwriting, that's what it says. <laughs> anyway, Kyle, I apologize. I'm looking forward to hearing all about his work. Yeah. And then let's see. We have Green Diva Lynn calling in from Chicago Land. All right. All about She's the latest. She's got great stuff. Latest and greatest. She's like, really connected, isn't she? Boy. <laughs> She's like, have you ever talked to Ken Cook? Like, no, but I'd like to. Tomorrow. You're right. She's awesome. So she's like connected to all. And she just keeps an eye out for what she has an eye for the latest environmental news. And we have some buzz. Buzz. Have a buzz? Yeah, yeah, our feature guest is Miriam Henane. Yes, Miriam, 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 Miriam Henane. Yes. it's a tough she, name, but I, she's. I love that she identifies herself not only as CEO and founder of Colony. What is it? Colony? No, HoneyColony.com. Honey I was saying it wrong before. I'm getting in trouble. Anyway, she identifies herself as queen bee in training. In training. Yes, she's more humble. Yeah. Humble Bumble. She's a humble Bumble. She is. But boy, again, another great website is full of information. Yeah, I'm looking forward to speaking with her because it's a lot more than just um, save the bees or buy my stuff Mm -hmm. or here's some, you know, good articles. It's really – she's all about creating community and emulating the community of the bees. So I'm I'm looking forward to speaking with her. Yeah, she should be really interesting. 
And then what else do we have? Oh, we have Kate. We have Kate Bartolotta, who is um, CEO and founder of BU Media. And BU Media Group, I think, is the way um, she pronounces it, uh, the way it's said. Anyway, I'm stumbling. Hello. Help. Bumbling. Help. Bumbling. bumbling. I'm bumbling. It's a, it's a bee thing. You're emulating the bees. Kate but is fantastic. Action and she, packed. How are we going to do all that today? I don't know. Isn't okay. it amazing? It is. We're good. Modern technology. We're good. She is talking to us about like juicing 109. Uh, 109. Isn't 109. that funny? That's how advanced you are. That's eight more than 101. I'm telling you, she's, I want to. graduated. Like, can I redo this? I'm like messing up. Uh, uh, juicing 101, which is all. You know, she talks about sort of the myths that people have, uh, you know, believe about juicing and why you shouldn't juice right. or, or it's, it tastes yucky or something. Oh, but. no, it's amazing. That some of the best tasting stuff you can have and so, so nutrient rich. I mean, you really, again, get quite a buzz when you. Um, <laughs> oh, we're really. I know, we're really stuck on the bee fun. theme today. She um, is really a juicy gal. She's mm, juicy. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. She's a lot of fun and very knowledgeable. And we're going to talk to her about all kinds of things going forward. But today is just about juicing 101, not 109. Where did that come from? That oh, is the some, weirdest some thing. Some brand off the chemical shelf. Yeah, really? That's like so creepy. Oh my gosh. That's okay, Megan. After Thank you. we'll educate you today. No, I just I think I need a nap or something. Like my brain has just stopped working. You need a fresh juice. I need that's why I need yeah, some carrot juice. Need. There you go. Uh, and she gives us a recipe too, I think. She's Terrific. going to going to I heard that she's gonna give us the recipe. Okay. Oh my god. Anyway, so stay tuned. There's a lot coming up. The Green Divas love food. Organic, local, fresh, whole, delicious food. Here now is another Green Diva foodie file. Very excited to finally have Kate Bartolotta. Did I say that right, Kate? You did. Oh, gosh. Did. I, I tried to practice, you know. <laughs> Try not to mangle people's names. She is the owner and editor-in-chief of... BU Media Group, which does a lot of interesting things. And maybe you could just take a quick, you know, half a minute and tell us, like, what what all you do with BU Media. Sure. Uh, BU Media Group is a site that I founded to help creative people connect and share their work, whether it's creative writing or visual art, photography. And ultimately, our, our goal is to help people connect on different projects. Um, because a lot of times people have that, you know, the creative bent, but maybe not the business aspect to be able to uh, get their creative work out and connect with each other and really make it, make it happen. Oh, we so have to talk about that offline more. <laughs> so in the meantime, today we're doing a Foodie File segment all about juicing, juicing 101, because, you know, some of us have been doing it a while. Some of us are hearing a lot about it. You see it on Pinterest and Facebook all the time. So tell us what's up with juicing. Sure. There, you know, I feel like there are a lot of misconceptions, both pro-juicing and against juicing. You hear a lot of people who say, well, you know, you don't need to detox. Um, you have organs that do that for you. And that is true to a certain extent. Uh, but when, you know, we live in a society where environmentally there are so many chemicals um, pumped at us all the time and nutritionally, you know, we, even if you're eating um, a fairly whole food-based diet, you, know, you don't necessarily get the nutrients that they had um, in fruits and vegetables, say, 50 years ago. Well, and just so, by living in, in our society now, our livers are getting overtaxed by oh, all of the things we're exposed to every day. Absolutely. So there's that, and, you know, it, it can be a great way just to sort of take a break from, um, you know, the more complicated foods and foods with preservatives and get a really concentrated boost of the fruit and vegetable nutrients. I think uh, another misconception that a lot of people have is that you can do a juice fast for a few days, and that is going to be the way to sustainable weight loss. <laughs> a lot of times we see these juice fasts. It's you know, silly. Caltro, um, we see these juice fasts that are, you know, lose 10 pounds in three days. Um, yeah. 
And if, if that's the case, you know, you're, you're probably losing 10 pounds of waste right. and uh, water. Which is good. It's, yeah, it's got its place. Definitely good. And I just want you to know that I did one of those once, and it was like did. a really healthy, juicy, you know, uh, this mm-hmm. juice was all groovy, and I, I gained. I, I, I swear to God. Oh, no. Like, what the heck is that? Well, the anyway. thing is, you know, no, really the thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's a tool. It's a wonderful tool to use so you can simplify and notice what's going on with your habits or what's going on with your cravings. But it's really not sustainable as your your main source right. of food unless you're, you know, I know there are some cancer um, right. regimens and things like right. that. But for the average person, it's really more of a one tool in, in your toolbox. So tell and me. Not a, oh, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you ahead. off. No, so what what is the argument against juicing? Seriously, what? how could you be against juicing? Well, I think one argument is that... Um, a lot of people say, "Well, you need to chew, and you need to, you can't be drinking all your, your nutrients." <laughs> and I, I understand that. I mean, it's you know that's understandable. We have teeth for a reason. Right. Um, another argument is that it's too high sugar, and if you are juicing exclusively, really, you know, apples, really sweeter fruits, um, tropical fruits, yeah. then absolutely, you know, that's that would be um, a juice fast for somebody who is looking to gain. But if you're if you're including mostly greens and lower glycemic index fruits like berries, it can be a great way to get um, a really concentrated nutrient in. You know, there's there's no way most of us are going to eat several pounds of kale in a day every day. No, less we try. <laughs> right, <laughs> but you know, so you can pack a lot more in um, in a in a small boost versus you know sitting around spending your whole day eating eating greens. Now, and, and, and sometimes people kind of confuse the juicing with the smoothie thing, and they're obviously different, aren't they? Yes, and there's, there's definitely, um, you know, advantages and disadvantages to both. I think one of the great things, um, and this is, this is something that, you know, critics of juicing will say, well, you're not getting any of the fiber of the fruits and vegetables. And when you when you make a smoothie or a blended juice, you are getting more of the, right. the whole fruit or the whole vegetable, um, which is going to be more filling and give you more fiber. Right. But that's another, you know, if you're getting a smoothie out at, you know, Jamba Juice or somewhere like that, chances are you're getting, um, you know, nearly a day's worth of calories in your smoothie and yeah. probably a lot more sugar. Um, right. But, you know, making a green smoothie... Like you said, on Pinterest, you, know, you see a lot of those as well. If you're making something that's starting with spinach or Swiss chard and then adding some, some fruits and things, um, you're going to get a smoothie with high health benefits to it rather than a ton of sugar. So I'm going to tell you what my standard juice is, and I've not really, very, you know, I've not really strayed too far from it, mm-hmm. and I've been doing it on and off since the 80s. I have a champion juicer. Oh, nice. I love my champion juicer. That thing's like a workhorse. And um, it's carrots primarily, a little bit of celery, smaller bit of beets. Sometimes I jam kale in there, a little bit of ginger, and I think that's it. Oh, I love anything with beets. That's great. Yeah, just a small amount of beets. It sweetens it up. Mm -hmm. And and like like this, this health food restaurant I go to. Has that juice, but they add apple, and I'm like, why would you add apple to that? Yeah. Ew, take the apple out. It's already sweet. No yeah. apples. <laughs> anyway, so you, I hear, have a green uh, juice recipe that you're going to share with us. Yes, and this is one that I make most mornings. I feel like when you really, it, it's a great way to set the tone for the day. You know, if you're starting out really super hydrating, and also um, starting out with you know, vegetables to kind of start your palate for the day is just a great way to, to set the tone. And so it takes three or, three or four celery stalks, a head of romaine lettuce, wow. a few fistfuls of greens. Um, I usually use kale, but I know when we were, when I have hosted different juice cleanses, sometimes people with thyroid issues want to steer away from kale. Huh. So you can really use any other dark green. Okay. Um, a good-sized cucumber. <coughs> Bless you. Sorry. Uh, a pear, a pear. I recommend for people that are really new to having the green juice. It yeah. does sweeten it. Yeah. A lot of times, I just leave it out. Right. Um, and a lemon. Okay. And it's great. It's it's almost like a green lemonade. 
It's a great, like, tangy start to your day. Oh, I'm excited. And you're going to post that. That's going to be posted on the Green Divas, which is very exciting. And then I'll just tell I had a kale green drink that involved pineapple juice and uh, sunflower seeds. And you would soak the sunflower seeds overnight in the pineapple juice to get the enzymes kind of out mm-hmm. and, I don't know, happy. And then you just jam a whole bunch of kale in there. And I can't remember the amounts right now, but it tasted so good. And it was, yeah, Yoo-hoo. Almost like a nut milk in a way. You know, people do soak the seeds and nuts to, to right. make like exactly. Exactly. That's great. Oh, it's so much fun to talk about juicing. I'm going to go get my champion oh. juicer all riled up for lunch. Sounds good. Well, thanks so much for calling, Kate. And people can find out more about you on, give us your URL. Sure, www.bumediagroup.com. And, of course, she'll be writing on thegreendivas.com, and we're going to have her back soon. Thanks so much, Kate. Thanks a lot, Meg. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hope you're hungry. For more easy and delicious recipes and even more foodie information, go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. Want to understand what climate change is really all about? Want to get the latest in environmental news? Listen to the Green Divas My Earth 360 Report to keep up with everything you need to know. Okay, Green Diva Lynn, what's the latest and greatest this week? Well, I'm a bit hyped up right now. I had two cups of tea this morning instead of my usual one. Oh, well, there you go. Hyped up. Yeah, you're out of control. Out of control, girl. (laughs) Watch out for me. (laughs) Yeah, well, at least it's not those K cups. Oh, I know. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We actually have one of those machines, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, we have one of their newer ones called The View. It was a wedding gift. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have done it. And my family's awesome. But um, anyway. Yeah, they're convenient, but they're uh, wreaking havoc on the environment. My son, who turns 13 in a couple of days, he'd been begging for one of these machines Aww. for Christmas. So, uh, and my husband was into the idea. I did my usual Green Diva rant about how much waste those little cups create. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right. It drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of plastic. But, you know, my husband went ahead and got my son one for Christmas. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. And uh, I guess he thought he'd escape the wrath of Lynn by buying this organic coffee that makes um, compostable (laughs) K-cups. Right, that would make up for it, balance. But, um, well, you can only compost the filter in the coffee. Then there's this plastic part, and you have to toss that into the regular garbage. It's not even recyclable. Oh, And do you think they're separating them? No. No, you're right, they're not. So for all that trouble, I would go ahead and I would grind up the coffee myself and I'd brew it the old-fashioned way. I offered it up, but we have this machine. So I look at it and uh, it drives me crazy. Um, Although my son did challenge me on whether my tea was eco-friendly. Because I do use tea bags, so... Yeah, but those are compostable, generally. Yeah, they are. I mean, I throw the whole, as long as it doesn't have one of those metal, uh, you know, uh, staples in it. Yeah, you can I remove those. Throw the whole thing in the uh, compost. Exactly. Happy compost. I did happen to see, since we're on the subject, um, there was some stat going around yesterday about the fact that a row of K-cups that was produced uh, in 2013 would would circle the equator 13 point. Not 13, 10.5 times. Oh. Oh, that's a lot of K-cups. Oh, my gosh. Seriously? And that doesn't even include these organic brands that or other off-brands that aren't K-cups. So. Oh, okay. And then it's leaching through this plastic, who knows what, into our coffee. So I'm not drinking the stuff. My son would love to see me drink a cup. Um, I have to admit I have had one or two cups out of that machine. Well, you know, what we found with the view is, of course, they didn't right away have all of the little gadgets that they have for the K-cup. But they do now have one of those filters, those gold filters that you can grind your own and use this fil- reusable filter. Oh, they put- do have a gold filter. I was yeah. looking for something yeah. like that. Yeah, no. And so we, we, we now use that. My daughter likes it in the morning because it's just for her easier than brewing a whole pot of coffee. So, you yeah. know. Oh, that's cool. 
So she, um, we have a grinder that, set up and everything? Yeah, I mean, why not? Do it that way. Uh, I guess that Keurig has collection bins um, out there that they'll, uh, they, they turn the grounds into compost, and then they incinerate the rest. Right. Of course, then they're incinerating the rest, which yeah. apparently goes into um, energy. So that part's cool, but then it's creating air pollution. Well, but, I mean, yeah. nothing's perfect. Nothing's perfect. And nobody's perfect. I'm not claiming to be perfect myself. No, no, but yeah. This anyway. So that's that's one kind of. And you're going to do a post. You know, part of the post is going to be about um, what was it? Ten ways to avoid it, or ten reasons. Uh, reasons to avoid it. I don't know if I'll have 10, <laughs> but um, I'll come up with however many yeah, that yeah. I can find. Good reasons to avoid it. Yes. Um, something that just came out, speaking of air pollution, I like to try to have some kind of a segue here. Yeah. Um, the World Health Organization came out with a report that air pollution kills 7 million people a year. Wow. Worse than they previously thought. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, they're calling it the world's largest single environmental health risk. It a- accounts for one in eight deaths. Oh, Who knew? my. That is crazy. What's even crazier is that indoor air pollution kills more than outdoor. Oh, that is upsetting. So, yeah, isn't that comforting? Yeah, yeah. And that's because we poison ourselves with our own cleaning products <laughs> and whatever, you know. Well, and a lot of it is, you know, some of the uh, more developed in the developing nations where yeah. they're using um, open air uh, stoves and fireplaces, yes. cooking yes. stoves. Yes. So that is, those are used by 3 billion people. So that, yeah. that accounts for a lot. Yeah, yeah. So we still have a, a long way to go to clean up our act. Exactly. Um, and can you believe... I don't know if you saw this, but it's been 25 years since the Exxon Valdez spill. I, spill. Did, I can't I, talk today. I did see something about that. I knew you'd bring it up. Oh, you knew. <laughs> I know you. Green Evelyn. That's me. Um, so this, this, uh, the oil from this spill back 25 years ago, apparently it still persists in the environment. It's, yeah, disturbing and, um, you know, should be a cautionary tale here. Right. Well, and there's more crude oil being shipped by pipeline and rail and boat. We actually have a uh, a freight line that goes through our uh, downtown area, which fortunately I'm 15 minutes away from. But right. is 15 minutes going to save me from, you know, if that rail car, if the rail cars crash and blow up? I don't know if right. I'm far enough away. Right, right, right. It's a pretty powerful yeah. mess. Yeah. Um, so what's, what's, uh, really insane is that the rules dealing with a company's financial responsibility after a spill hasn't really been updated since around that time when they came out with the Oil Pollution Act. That was in 1990, which was right after the, um, Exxon Valdez spill. So right. the limits on liability and the amount of money hasn't gone up and inflation has gone up 78% since that time. Right, so, so they really, really have sh- to update those rules. Yeah, they definitely have to update those rules. And I heard about another spill this morning, and they were well, I can't no the was, one at the uh, Houston Ship Channel in Texas. That might be it. I was half was, asleep. NPR comes on. That's our kind of wake up call. Is you know whatever morning edition, and uh, um, they were talking about they were shooting cannons to keep the birds from getting involved with the muck. And I thought, really, that's That might be the one in Texas because uh, they were saying it was like uh, 170,000 gallons that spilled. Yeah. And um, they were saying it's just in time for peak bird migration. So that could very well be related, which is, oh, how sad is that? Yeah, it's very upsetting. But at least they're, if they've learned nothing from uh, the Exxon Valdez, it's that... uh, you know, they don't want to entangle the wildlife any more than it needs to be. Yeah, so let's scare them with cannons. Oh, <laughs> Poor thing. birds. Such they don't know mess. what's going on. I feel so sorry for the wildlife. Yeah, I know. And they just have no, they're so innocent. I know. They're like, wait a minute. Wait, I was just swimming what here. What happened? Uh, so is there any good news this week? Uh, well, I just, this is kind of a weird thing. There's weird renewable energy I was looking into. There's this new wind technology. It's called BAT. 
I can't remember what that stands really? for. Really? B-A-T? Of my head. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an acronym for right. something, B-A-T. Okay. And it's apparently the next generation of wind power. They're testing it out. They have a pilot program in Alaska where um, energy is pretty expensive in Alaska. Right. At least, you know, with all, I don't, it's far from everything. It's whatever. Um, but anyway, this bat, it's a helium-filled donut thing. Huh. And it goes up in the sky, and it, it, it's, it's kind of like they use, um, they're borrowing from blimp technology. Oh, interesting. And it, it's deployed at 1,000 feet above the ground, so it's this big floating thing, um, which is kind of weird. Yeah, well, hey, if it works, I guess what it, they have to get up to a certain level where there's a consistent uh, flow of air, I guess. Uh, yeah, and it just, um, it's better than, um, it apparently can produce two to three times as much electricity as conventional, the tower-mounted counterparts. And right, which because, do take you know, up. Because, that, that air isn't as consistent. And, and it takes up a large footprint on, you know, the, the earth. Yeah, so now we can look up in the sky and see all these things floating around. Um, But it could be great after a natural disaster. You just bring these things in and you can power, you know, these areas. Um, It's also good for remote islands, military bases. So could have some good uses like that, and hopefully people won't be reporting these things as UFOs. So we'll be looking to learn more as that technology develops. I love that there's new technology coming out. Yeah, absolutely. So is there Um, any action? Pardon me? Oh, any action this week? Anything we could do? Yes. Earth Hour is this weekend, March 29th. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so wherever you live, it's between, um, it starts at 8.30 p.m. Wherever you live, it doesn't matter what time zone. Right. Um, and it goes to 9.30, which makes sense because they call it Earth Hour. Right. An hour and a half, yes. 90 minutes, whatever. No, it's an hour, 8.30 to 9.30. Oh, okay. For some reason I thought you said 8 to 9.30, and I was like... Clean out those green diva ears. No, oh I'm just kidding. Oh, my gosh. Pay attention, Meg. Um, so during that time, you turn off your power. And, of course, they have to put disclaimers out there now because you don't want to turn off lights that are essential to safety. So right. be careful. Yeah, somebody got sued, I'm sure. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it was Earth Hour, man. So um, you can turn off your coffee machines and non-essential lights. Right. Um and it's really, it's symbolic, it's a grassroots movement, it's meant to unite people around the world, but they're adding something new to it this year, which is called the Earth Hour Blue, and that is a crowdfunding, crowdsourcing platform. So you can go to this website, which I'll post, and uh, you can support financially some of these environmental causes, or and or you can add your voice to some of the biggest environmental campaigns. So it's everything from... Saving puppies, saving forests, saving the Great Barrier Reef, and, and wow. things like that. So, so a whole bunch of cool. actions. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, we so got to wrap. A lot of different choices out there. We got to wrap it up, but um, a okay. lot of great stuff this week. So everybody knows they got to go to thegreendivas.com and get Green Diva Lynn, uh, Green Divas My Earth 360, um, all the latest uh, there. Yeah, and check out my website too, myearth360.com. Yes. Please. A lot of good stuff there. I would there. love that. Thank you, Lynn. All right. Thanks, Meg. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. To find out more about this Green Divas My Earth 360 report, visit thegreendivas.com. And to learn even more about climate change and environmental news, go to myearth360.com. Every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. Well, hey, everybody. Um, Today we have a very exciting, young, wonderful guy named Kyle Tierman, who is doing a video series called Surfing for Change. Hi, Kyle. Hey there. Thanks for having me on. And I've been watching your videos, and they're they're not only like they're fun and they're well done, but they're extremely informative. And you cover a lot of different issues, and you also have some interesting interviews. I noticed Van Jones and um, Jack Jack Johnson. Yeah, yeah, we have 
a ton of people who uh, we like to interview and get involved in our Surfing for Change videos, and we put them out for free on the Internet. Uh, you can check them all out uh, at surfingforchange.com. They're all very short, digestible videos. And basically the premise is I travel around to a different surf destination um, in each episode, and we cover a current environmental or social issue. Uh, so in our latest video, we went to the North Shore of Oahu during a big protest um, where a lot of the, the residents were protesting um, uh, Monsanto and yep. other agrochemical companies um, for doing all of their testing on the Hawaiian Islands. So uh, it was really perfect timing to go over there and make this documentary that you can see at surfingforchange.com. Um, we I got love, to interview I... a bunch of really exciting athletes and celebrities and um, yeah, it was a fun story. I, I, I really make a point to have the, the videos, um, even though we cover really heavy issues, um, have them stay fun and, and lighthearted. Well, yeah, and that's what we're all about here at the Green Divas. I loved how it opened with the chanting about no GMOs, and I think there was some Hawaiian phrase in the chant that I wasn't quite picking up. But, um, you know, it was disturbing, actually, in the beginning of the, uh, the film to see how many people had no idea what GMOs are. No idea. Yeah, it is, uh, it's an issue that I think is hitting a tipping point um, for, the, for the better in terms of uh, just awareness. But, I mean, yeah, in, in the beginning of the video, we go around and just ask random people what a GMO is. Yeah. And we got all kinds of funny answers. Like, one guy thought it stand, stood for uh, Grand Master of Oahu. Yeah, um, yeah, that was good. Um, but, you know, it, it is... Um, it is hitting a tipping point, I would say, with, with awareness, um, uh, you know, especially in the Hawaiian Islands. The reason the Hawaiian Islands are unique is because this is where all these companies like Monsanto, Dow, DuPont, Syngenta do all of their testing. Um, so they, the, the reason a lot of people are angry about it is because they use excessive amounts of pesticides and herbicides and insecticides. It's very uh, upsetting to think about that beautiful, gorgeous landscape being poisoned. Yeah, yeah, you would think that they would be uh, doing their their testing, uh, you know, somewhere else in the world. But, you know, literally just up the road from Pipeline, which is uh, one of the best ways in the world, they have some of their main testing sites. Um, so we just released this movie. Uh, it's out on surfingforchange.com. You can see them for it free uh, and yeah it's being shared publicly right now now you're a fairly young guy according i don't know how recent your website is but it says you're 22 are you still 22 no i no, i actually just had my 24th 24th birthday we need to, we need to update oh that. my god you're like an old man i know i'm <laughs> shipping me off the geriatric no uh, no man i've got to hook you up with my my gorgeous 20 year old daughter that's that's what i'm thinking <laughs> Anyway, you've, uh, you've traveled so extensively. Is that partly because you're a professional athlete? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to travel to some really amazing places around the world um, being a professional surfer. Um, and I think that that has played a big role in my desire to want to uh, kind of use, use my public profile um, on behalf of, of images, uh, on behalf of making movies about critical issues. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the best waves in the world are in developing countries. So unless you completely have the blinders on, you do get to see that there's some, some really critical issues um, out there. And um, also that there are points of intervention. I think that's the, that's the thing that's the most exciting for me is that there are simple actions that we can take right. um, that have really effective, uh, that are really effective points of intervention in all different kinds of issues that, we co that we've covered. You know, we've covered everything from plastic pollution to the dangers of nuclear power to our latest video um pro surfers versus gmos that you can uh, yeah. see at surfingforchange.com but that's really important to me that we uh that we don't just stop at the problem that we actually point out solutions and show people that are actually engaged in the solutions um i think that the environmental movement just in general uh there is kind of a stigma um around it in terms of that people stop at the problem and, and just say, like, oh, my gosh, like, we're so screwed. But th the reality is, is that there are a lot of really smart, active, engaged young people yeah. um, that I really like to cover and, and, hi and shine a spotlight on, on these people that are, that are 
on the solution end of things. Yeah, we're, we're here. We're all about that because you know some of these issues do get heavy and a little scary. And um, I don't. I, my rule when we're going to talk about anything on the show is, you can bring up a heavy issue, but you better have a solution or something that people can do to get active, so they don't just feel really hopeless. You know, helpless right. and hopeless. Yeah, um, and and you know, in terms of uh, an, an inspiring issue, actually, um, I would say the GMOs. Are, are hitting a tipping point yeah. almost more than any other issue in the world in, in regards to awareness and regards to legislation. I mean, I, I mean, over 60 countries around the world have banned or yeah. heavily restricted the use of GMOs. Yeah, including um, like Russia and several countries down in South America. Yeah, um, it's basically the United States, Canada, Argentina, and Brazil are, are the main the holdouts. countries that still use it, but most of Europe... Um, has banned or heavily restricted it. And, and it is hit, hitting a tipping point even within America. I mean, in, in 2012, um, the label that allowed uh, companies to sell their products for, for more money, um, the number one label was non-GMO verified. That's yeah. over, you know, a label like organic or gluten-free, all that kind of stuff. They were, they were on average, uh, companies were able to sell their products for 27% more. Wow. Which is, which is um, is exciting because a lot of industry, yeah. you know, the, the bottom line is they change when it becomes profitable. That's to right. Yeah. Um, and it lots of times becomes profitable to change when the awareness is out there enough that people will actually make the decisions and shifts, um, you know, at the grocery store. Well, it's basic so supply I, and, and demand. It's exciting to see that because as soon as it stops being profitable for, for companies to use GMOs, they're going to very quickly. Yeah, well, it's because of folks like you and, and what we do, and, and we hear all the time more and more people are asking the question, well, wait, what what is this stuff, and why? Why do I care? And we're going to tell you why you should care. <laughs> so, totally, and I think that that's a really good, it's exciting to be able to follow it upstream and show, like, how is it that me signing this petition or showing right. up to this rally or, make you know, making a, a decision with my money um, right. to vote for a better future. Yep. How is that actually going to have an effect? Um, and when you actually get to see it having an effect when you hear these success stories, you know, like GMOs being banned or heavily restricted in over 60 countries, um, you know, because it's exciting to see those tipping points hit. And, it is. Um, yeah, I, I, that's, it was a really exciting time for us to be able to make this movie, uh, Pro Surfers vs. GMOs, and, and release it out on YouTube Um so I encourage everyone to go to surfingforchange.com and sign the petitions that we created and check out the movie. It's very short and digestible. Yeah, and, you know, of course, our our, our brain capacity now has got to be short and digestible. But um, I was going to say, now I saw one of the videos that you made was trash tubes, and there was an image. I didn't get to watch the video of, of you. I don't know if it was you going through a... Um, a wave. No, that was, it was another surfer, but that's a real image of a guy actually getting barreled. Wow. And there's trash going over him. That's like really... Very, very disturbing. But yeah, that was the last video that we made. Um, it actually has you know, over 430,000 views um, mm. right now. And you can see that one as well at surfingforchange.com. Okay, so one last question. What What is your favorite... Now, this is kind of a double question because what is your favorite place or what is your favorite, um, you know, video that you've done? Well, um, you know, I live, I live in Santa Cruz, which is a really beautiful place. Yeah. Um, so I would say that just you know my hometown is my favorite place. Um, in terms of favorite videos that I've done, um, actually the the most recent one, the Pro Surfers vs GMOs, was was. My favorite, just in terms of production value, I yep. think that this one was the best. Um, and in terms of a, a good story, I think we were effective in being able to tell a really good story. Um, and and I really I really like that, you know, because we cover all different issues, and yep. I I pride myself um, most on on just being able to tell an engaging story and keep someone keep someone entertained for a few minutes and then have them learn something meaningful in the process. That's really the goal of, of surfing for change and, and what we do. Well, I love it, and I'm hoping that it's going to be okay for us to embed that on our site when we do a post about the show and we have the podcast and everything loaded in because um, we'd love to share it. And I Please hope do. 
share it widely. Yeah, and hopefully we'll get to talk again soon as, as new videos come up or new issues or anything um, anything you want to talk about. You'll be uh, one of our new honorary green dudes. Absolutely. Well, I really appreciate the support, um, and thank you so much for for helping get our, our new Surfing for Change movie out to the world. Well, thanks for the work you're doing. Keep it up, and I'm looking forward to seeing more. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you. Bye-bye. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low-stress green living? Go to thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. The Green Divas get to talk to so many inspiring people, who each in their own way is helping us find a deeper shade of green. Here's just one of them. Enjoy. Okay, well, I'm very excited that we are having a chance today to talk to Miriam, Miriam Henane, I think I said that right, who is uh, the CEO and founder of The Honey Colony, which is a fabulous website and community that has – well, I'm going to let her describe it. Yeah, just incredible. But she Pro- also – I love her, her fun title, which is Queen Bee in Training. Awesome. Hi, Miriam. Hi. Good morning. Good <laughs> mid-afternoon. Yeah. And so just tell us real quick what the Honey Colony is all about, because I know it's more than just a site with information or products. It really has a whole community feeling to it, and I want you to describe that. Yes, thank you. So it's called Honey Colony. There's no the. Um, and Honey Colony was inspired by the honeybees and my love of social media. So after... A directing Vanishing of the Bees is looking at my next project, and, and I have a love of alternative medicine and nutrition. And the honeybees are all about pollinating and sharing their sweetness. And the platform is supposed to emulate the bees in that we kind of curate hive wisdom. It, the platform is not finished because we're a startup, but the goal is that if you have, let's say, an autoimmune condition or looking for some information, you can find other hivesters and uh, share information. We also incentivize uh, um, social media. Like if you find an article and you share it, you earn our honey-coated cash, which is called (laughs) Bebop. I love that, that. honey-coated cash. (laughs) And... uh, down the line, we hope that you can people will be able to donate their bee bucks to a cause. Uh, so we are a magazine and a marketplace. We pride ourselves on solid information. Our little hive is made up of journalists, and then we also curate uh, the best products out there when it comes to superfoods, honey, raw chocolate, and all the vendors we believe have integrity and care for the planet more than just the bottom line. Um, oh, yeah. I, I Looking through the site, not only was I impressed with the content, and often you have a site that might have some wonderful products and they kind of have a blog and it's a little bit on the side and it's haphazardly kept. But yours is so well um, curated is the right word and edited. It's It's great information. In fact, we've been, you know, doing a little content sharing and we – shared one of your one of your stories that was so popular the one about um toxic sex yes. of course sex cells it's kind of you know <laughs> toxic cells and, and uh that um story came out of a, <clears throat> a product that we is new on the market called love lotion it's a personal lubricant that was developed by a husband a doctor for his wife and it's organic botanicals also doubles as a as a cream and then we looked into what what stuff is in um, products, for lubricants and condoms, and there's a bunch of parabens and yeah. petrochemicals and just SHIT. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I find it so interesting that you say that your platform is still in development. The website is just so intuitive and, and easy to navigate. It's great. You have recipes and all kinds of wonderful content there. For, Thank you. Yeah, we're doing a redesign. Yeah, the photos are wonderful. It's it's really really pulls you in. So well, we're actually creating a sister site called Simply Transformative, and 
what we found after a year of working with small vendors is many of them have these excellent products, but they don't have the, the time or the bandwidth to do the marketing. And we've created this platform that now reaches about 1.2 million wow. uh, eyeballs a, a month. And so we decided to kind of, again, emulate the, the bees in that all these um, vendors will share, uh, share in the costs of, of social media because it's expensive to do That's social brilliant. media for a week. And then we'll also benefit from um, each other's audiences. So, uh, again, the bees are used as a, as a symbol. Um, and, and, well, and, they, are, uh, they are efficient community kind of culture, aren't they? I mean, really, they're very efficient. They seem to coexist fairly well. You don't hear about the bees fighting too much. No, they're they're quite intelligent, and they teach us cooperation and uh, social activity, and, and uh, they stand for the divine feminine. They they symbolize so many things that I strive to emulate in my in my life. Now, I also want to mention that um, you've done a beautiful film, which I apologize, I've I know of the film, I have referenced the film, <laughs> and everybody around me has seen the film, The Vanishing of the Bee. I've seen it twice, so we've got a good average. Okay, all right. Here. There's an average guy. <laughs> yeah, so. He watched it for you. Yes, I did. But you are a filmmaker as well. Yes, I, I'm. I'm, a, I'm an accidental filmmaker. I, uh, I'm a journalist by trade, an investigative journalist, and I um, started working on docs as a researcher and producer. I, I, uh, I had a near-death experience when I was 29. I was hit by a, a Ford Explorer. And, and dragged oh. 50 feet and um, broke oh several God. bones and, and kind of was like, okay, so I've, I've, I'm still alive and, and I now want to do something that makes a difference. And, and so I started working on these docs and then I met George, who's my friend and co-director, and we wanted to collaborate on a project. And uh, then shortly after, I, I tell people that the bees into my life, <laughs> and um, it was 2007, and George's friends told him that the bees were disappearing around the world, and George loves mysteries and thought it would make a great documentary, and at the, at the onset, it didn't really um, hit me, the gravity of the situation, but I was taken by the fact that the bees are a sister society, yeah. and that they work for the greater good, and... and I consider myself a sister at heart, and, and that really spoke to me. And then also with colony collapse disorder, the bees abandon the babies and the queen. And I saw that as a parallel to us, the human race, abandoning mm -hmm. Mother Earth. And then, honestly, I, I, had, I started having bee visitations, and they say that the bees cho choose you. Interesting. And um, I feel blessed to be in service to them. They are messengers, and I consider myself a messenger on their behalf. Are you indeed a beekeeper? I I was a beekeeper. I had a hive, um, but I moved recently, and so I'm, I'm unable to have bees at this particular moment. George has my hive in Topanga along with nine other hives. I mean, he's in kind of the wilderness, so there's a little bit of a sanctuary. Um, I must say, I really miss having oh, yeah. my my bees. Sounds like uh, you're the bee whisperer. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you? Have <laughs> you seen that picture of me with all? I the know. Bees? I love it. Yeah. It's it's, it's that really was a really incredible. Beautiful, beautiful moment. I bet. That I want to replicate again. Yeah, we have we have quite a few people out here that, that yeah. beekeep and some great entrepreneurial uh, startups that are offering uh, bee hives for commercial applications with uh, integrated webcams so customers in the um, restaurants can see where the honey's made for their specialty products well, and drinks clever. and things. Yeah, yeah so you can really well, it get helps raise awareness, exactly. you know. And, and that's one thing that touched me about the movie. You know, it's one of those movies that's so well done that really paints the picture of just what an urgent and um, critical issue this is. And and it can leave you so angry at times because, you know, how can people just turn their back on the system that makes our whole, you know, food culture well, possible? I think mostly ignorance. Um, you know, people are more apt to swat bees away than respect their their place in nature and, and what they do to 
to pollinate, you know, the beauty of flowers and the foods that sustain us. I think that people don't understand. I think, and you can correct me because I'm sure you know more than I do, Miriam, but isn't there like 50 of our favorite fruits and vegetables uh, or foods would, would, would go away almost immediately if, if bees went away? Yeah, one in every three bites, everything from avocados to zucchinis, not including trees and, and, and flowers. And nice. so, yes, our, our world would uh, not have its sweetness. And I, I do think it's ignorance. I mean, in 2007, I didn't know bees are trucked around from monoculture to monoculture. I, I didn't know that they pollinate uh, our food and, and they don't just make honey and the honey is not even for us right, so right, I, right. I think I really think uh, education is is number one and, and we launched the Be the Change campaign where people can use the film as a tool to raise funds and or awareness for their own mission and, and the film today is translated in 12 languages and we also have an educational version which most people don't know about but it comes with a study guide and oh, I'm I really want to get it out there to teachers to to uh, empower um, students so that they grow up not fearing bees but being uh, stewards uh, of the earth. Well, especially because I mean I also didn't really know the difference between certain types of bees, you know, and 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 I needed to be educated. Back when we were doing the magazine, Paul, we did that big thing on bees, and I realized we post we we printed the wrong type of bee in a story about honeybees. And I thought, oh, see, I'm ignorant. Um, what do I know? And and honeybees are less likely to sting or, or harm anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they usually um, will only sting if, um, if, if you swat at them or if they're Provoked, scared. Yeah. They, they, they die if they sting, so it's not really in their... Right, (laughs) exactly. So I think it's great that you've uh, committed yourself to the educational components, particularly the school-based programs. We'd love to to help get the word out on that. And a big part of our show, obviously, is is not only educating people so they have a respect and an understanding of these issues, but we'd love to give them, um, you know, direction on what can they do. You know, what can they do as as individuals in their home and lifestyles and what can they do as community activists? You know, what are those types of actions? We see petitions being signed. I saw Bernie the Bee in Washington mm-hmm. giving his half million uh, signed petitions. But what can the average person do? What kind of, uh, beyond educating themselves, what are the, the products they need to support or stay away from? And Well, we say, you know, you get to vote with your fork, like Michael Pollan mm-hmm. yeah. has said, and, and, and that is... Uh, you know, we, we, we want to empower people to be their own best health advocate. And, and not only are these systemic pesticides killing bees, but they're slowly killing humans. I yeah. mean, there's been right. now studies that show it affects developing brains. In my opinion, we don't really need science. It's common sense. These are poisons. Yeah. And they're insidious. They were created to be supposedly, quote-unquote, safer, but they stay in the soil up to 18 years. Their metabolites uh, are more dangerous than the actual mother compounds. Uh, and again, I say insidious because it's very difficult to say this is what killed the bees right. um, because there's so many variables involved. It, it's like it's perfect for these chemical companies. Uh, and indeed, they're, they're still uh, not taking responsibility here in the United States, and as far as I'm concerned, it's organizations like Friends of the Earth, Beyond Pesticides, Center for Food Safety, Pesticide Action Network, that um, they are the ones operating on behalf of the EPA because the EPA is not doing their job. As far as I'm concerned, they're in bed with the chemical companies, which is why Bernie uh, delivered the half million, and and in in Europe, these pesticides have been temporarily banned because they exercise the precautionary principle as opposed to the U.S. Now, from some of those same groups you mentioned, organizing together, we're starting to see some impact on retailers. Um, some yeah. conversations at sure. least beginning to educate the retailers and, and really kind of cut the consumer off at the supply chain, and, and hopefully that those um, actions will continue to gain, gain 
Well, it, and, you know, and sometimes impact. it's an economic incentive that works and, and whatever works, you know, and I like the idea of voting with our fork, voting with our purchases in our purses and saying I'm not going to buy those plants because they've been grown with uh, GMOs and pesticides embedded in them. No, thank you. Lowe's and uh, Home Depot, no, thank you. Yeah, I, I think also people – you know, we need to inspire critical thinking that people wonder, so where is where is this piece of clothing coming from? Where is these yes. shoes coming from? Where is this product coming from? Um, and the more we inquire, the more we can, you know, now we have the Internet. It's like, as an example, you know, I, I wrote a piece on Gerber rice cereal, and, and you know, we grow up with this iconic a picture right. of this pair of baby yeah. and thinking that it's safe, and then we do a little bit of research and find out, oh, there's there's limestone in this rice cereal. Arsenic. It has arsenic. Yeah. <laughs> it has genetically... Why on earth would I want to give this to my child? It's, yeah. it's, it's just smoke and mirrors. Yeah, it is a lot of marketing hoo-ha, which... Yeah. So anyway, I like the way Paul put it before and that we are all about, you know, some of these issues are kind of scary and can get a little heavy, but we never talk about anything without offering solutions and hope. And this is exactly what you're doing, Miriam, and we're so thrilled about the work you're doing and to help share, um, you know, share about it. And so please tell people again how I know they can go to honeycolony.com. Yes. I got it right. I didn't say the honey colony. <laughs> She's a quick Yeah, learner. many people say the honey colony. Yes, it's honeycolony.com. And uh, you can sign up as a Hive member and, and receive. Um, we have a wonderful newsletter that goes out. And we're very thrilled to be cross-pollinating with the green divas. And Yay! we're all about cross-pollinating and empowering each other um, about the truth, about what's out there and uh, creating a community. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank you so much for your work. Thank and you. You've got, you're just so creative on your website. You've got such a great use of all the, le- you know, the bee-related lexicons, and so we're, we're happy to, to be here helping generate the buzz. Now, we're going to sign thank off, you. but Miriam, would you stay on the line after I sure. sign off? Thank you. Sure, sure. Bye, Miriam. Bye. Hope you enjoyed that as much as they did. Please visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. For more fun podcasts and information on the Green Divas and low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. I just love Miriam. Yeah, what a great, what a great talk. She's, she's very passionate and yeah. educated and yeah. really... Quite an advocate. Well, for, maybe I'll get to see her in California. That would be wonderful. You never know. And uh, I have to check out the web the website. Yeah. The uh, bee colony. Honey the, colony? Honey colony. Uh, we're doing well today. All right. Names, I we? hashed it up because I kept calling it the honey colony. No, the. I'm glad she. Honeycolony.com. Pl- wonderful picture of her covered in bees. It's yeah. Really cool. Yeah. So anyway, a great show all the way around. Um, learning lots, having fun. Yeah, share it with all your friends. Yeah. And I want to mention and give another shout-out to um, the guy who did the wonderful voice and wonderful guy, Dave Erickson, who is uh, everymandriver.com. He has this luscious voice, and he does the clothes for us. And I just want to give him a little shout-out. So please check out Dave Erickson, um, who's out in Seattle, uh, Spokane, Washington. Um. Yeah, and we went out to people in Washington. Yeah, so a shout out to everybody who's suffering out there, and 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 really very disturbing and upsetting, um, natural disasters, no fun at all. No. So hopefully Dave is okay. I think he's inland a bit. All so right. anyway. But a great show. Yeah. Have Thank a great. Thank you everyone green for week. listening. Okay. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Green Divas Radio Show. Be sure to look for this and other Green Diva Network podcasts on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, iTunes, Swell Radio, and Spreaker. Get social with the Green Divas on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Subscribe to the Green Divas YouTube channel to watch them in action. 
And for all the latest good green news, visit thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. 